Hey, what is up? Welcome back to the Becoming the Character podcast. Um, I mean, I've missed you in the time that we've uh, spent apart. Glad to have you back on the podcast. Um, today, I just want to give you some extra encouragement. You know, whatever character, whichever character that you envision yourself being at the end of your lifetime, um, I want to say, man, it's not really that hard to get there. You know, when it comes to becoming a character, a legendary figure with their own narratives, with their own lore, um, and their own movement, uh, and hopefully supplemented by their own company, because this is a podcast for entrepreneurs, um, or perpetuated by their own company. Movements and ideas and lore and narrative are perpetuated by profit. A lot of people feel like it's a matter of the way you're born. You know, like they, you know, they may hear about, you know, the, the schematic, the blueprint to becoming a character, you know, and I want you to think about every character when, when I say becoming a character, all characters are killing it. Um, Hitler was a character, you know, um, modern times, Colby Covington from MMA, Conor McGregor, who just got his leg snapped in half. That's a character, you know, um, you know, he emphasizes his best qualities and therefore even in loss, he's the most highly paid UFC fighter by far or MMA fighter. He perpetuates the idea of MMA being a thing, a relevant thing more than anybody else, despite not being the best at it. I want you to think of every character. I want you to think of Kobe Covington. I already said Kobe Covington. What I meant to say was even Candace Owens or somebody like Ben Shapiro, um, I don't honestly think these people are this way, the way they present to a T when they're in their residence, you know, in home with it. You know, I think these are, you know, theatrics and caricatures they put on for the media. Um, and we should all do so, you know, because it's in our best interest and, the, and, and more importantly, the best interest of the world to do so. People want to have a character. They want to have a story. They want to be entertained. Now, it should be an extension of who you are and not someone who just completely made up, but it is a, a hyperbolized form of who you are. You know, think about somebody like Logan Paul or Jake Paul or Floyd Mayweather or Muhammad Ali doing his dancing and his shuffling punches. Think about, uh, you know, somebody like Tyson Fury, you know, um, there are so many characters in this world. There are so many characters in this world. And I feel like a lot of people are intimidated by the idea of being a character because they or becoming a character because they feel like there's maybe he can do it they can do it they're legends but not me you know they assign an inherent brilliance to the idea of being a character oh it requires some smarts it requires being born with some type of money it requires some type of intelligence it requires all these variables that that i don't have and um you know, finding your voice and emphasizing and supercharging your best qualities is not a matter of any of that. Um, I remember one time I was a wrestler in high school. Um, I'm actually trying to uh, begin wrestling again and begin teaching wrestling. So if you're somebody that's interested in learning a little bit about wrestling, then uh, send me an email. My email address is dallasprater at gmail.com. I'm going to do live classes over the Internet teach you a little about wrestling teach people a little about wrestling um so if you're interested in that just send me an email about it just say wrestling in the headline or something like that um because i'm trying to snap back get into shape and, and have my mindset be sharper than you know sharp as it was when i was a younger guy 
Um, but without further ado, let's, let's actually clear past that subject and into the story, man. When I was a younger guy, um, I didn't really have much people that I looked up to. You know, um, I had aspirations, I had dreams, but I didn't have a target on the wall that I could follow. And so for a lot of my younger life, you know, I, I wandered like flotsam. You know, I wanted to be somebody. I wanted to be great. I wanted to have the world and my parents and everybody else backing me and being proud of me. But uh, I didn't actually know how to, like, how to make that happen. And um, I hadn't known anybody who had made that happen. Um, I stepped into my first character as a wrestler. You know, by the time I was a senior in high school, um, I suppose I'll talk a little bit more about that today. Well, I guess I'll reveal a little bit right now. But by the time that I was a senior in high school or, or graduating, you know, there would be people that I didn't know. You know, I wasn't like a supremely great wrestler or anything like that. You know, I was a region champion, uh, state uh, qualifier. But other than that, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't much to write home about. You know, county runner-up to a friend of mine named Rob, who went on to become a state champion. Um, by the end of my wrestling career, it's the point I'm making. Uh, people would come up to me in public, and I remember some guy stopped me on a skating ring. And uh, this was probably two years ago, which would have been probably two, three years after I had stopped wrestling altogether. Came to me and talked about a time where I had wrestled his brother that he remembered. Um, I think I'd won the match, but he remembered it nonetheless. People would stop me in bathrooms. People would stop me on the street. People would ask my brother about me. Um, I was the wrestling guy, you know, to some people. Not to everybody, but some people. And... In the intro, it wasn't that way. You know, I came into wrestling thinking it was MMA. I, I had no idea what in the heck wrestling, high school wrestling was. I referred to a singlet, which is a the uniform they wear as a leotard. I, I remember uh, you know, when I got into wrestling, my my, my uh, first wrestling coach, my Jay-Z wrestling coach, Coach G, he asked me, Hey, uh, Dallas, man, you look fit. You like you're in shape. You want to be a wrestler? You want to sound to be a wrestler? I'm like, whatever. I missed the first day of practice because I didn't have a quote-unquote leotard. And I came back to him the next day in the gym and said, I don't have the stuff. I don't have a leotard, uh, the one-piece thing that you need to wrestle. And he was like, eh, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. We provide all that. Just come to practice. Just have, you know, your, basically your gym uniform and some wrestling shoes. And that day I went to practice. And I remember in, press, in practice, I think I was in practice with, like, without like wrestling shoes so I just had basically socks and I was wrestling this uh, older guy named Josh I believe he was two years ahead of me um Josh was like a real pale guy black hair uh Latino fella I think um but he was a smaller guy he was he was around my height and weighed at the same at that time which I was about 115 so he probably weighed in about 120 and I remember step you know we were doing this exercise where it was like top drills I believe it was like this is this is a cringe memory for me looking back and I remember like you know um being with like it was in a circle like it was a, a circle of three of us and it was me it was this guy named boss boss who was an asian guy um kind of like bruno mars he really looks like bruno mars actually um shorter guy as well and we were in a circle like just doing top drills and our objective was to hold him down i remember i threw in like on josh like a rare naked choke and like i think he was mad at me like i think he was piping hot because i was like choking this dude and that's not a part of wrestling and i remember his face was red when i got off and i felt like i did something but you know obviously that's not something that you can actually do. I got through in legs and just started like doing a rare naked choke and tried to put this man out like like a freaking fool. Um, and, you know, throughout that season, man, I had gone on to, I think I, my first season, my, my, my score was 12 and 9. But throughout that season, I actually, you know, 
I, I got some ambition. I got a wisp. I got I got a few sparkles of gold gold dust. And in, in, in that was the portion of my life where I decided I'd dedicate myself to be the wrestling guy. Well, it wasn't really at that point in life, but it was where the, the you know the ink you know seeds of that you know idea were planted at that point in time. I wanted to be somebody within this sport and somebody within this lifetime was the idea that uh, within this arena that it was the idea that it began to pick up. And um, so that first year, man, I was just doing what I could do, doing what I could do, just grinding it out. But with with all ventures, you know, within the venture, as we had proceeded throughout that first freshman year, um, I started to find idols and role models. Man, I would look up to people in the room who were performing extremely well, and I started to want to be like them. Uh, there was this guy named Scott Dangler. Um, Scott Dangler was somebody, man. He was he was the goat. He was the greatest wrestler in the world when I was young. Uh, but right there, beside Scott Dangler, my my hero was actually one of my peers, a fellow freshman named Dave Wozniak. Um, I think Dave's in the Navy now, uh, and I think he also just recently beat cancer. So shout out to Dave. I might be wrong with that. I only know through photos. But, man, David, man, you know, David was, uh, hey, man, David listened to Defend Butterfly, man. He was like a white suburban guy. So it was like, like, David was, tr- Dave was the truth. Um, and this was back when it came out. So he was like on the wave. But Dave, man, this was my senior year and I learned about that when Dave no longer wrestled. But freshman year, man, I, I started to look up to Dave, man. And the reason I started to look up to Dave was like Dave was he was he was an icon, man. He, he was somebody that never lost. He never lost. Dude would just—he was a freshman too, so he was—he was wild. He would just churn people up and spit them out, and it was the oddest thing. And I used to wonder, like, I because these were this where the seeds were planted. So I wanted to be like Dave. I'm looking up to Dave, like, Dave, like, how are you doing it? Like, asking him questions and all that, like, basically trying to get the dude autograph, like, you know, even though we wrestled alongside each other every day. But I remember one thing that 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 I attributed most of his success to, man. Dude was a machine. He was a warrior. And so every day before practice, man, we would go out into the hallway and warm up for probably about 30, 40, 50 minutes. I don't even know, man. Coach at the time or not me. And we would jog in circles in the hallway. A lot of people jog with their wrestling shoes on, so they got shin splints. But that's that's not a part of the story. Um, and we would so we'd all gather up in the hallway to jog before practice started. And when Coach blew the whistle to actually jog through the hallways, I remember distinctly every single day, all the wrestlers ran to the top of the top of the, the hallway. And the hallway is like this big square. When they got to the top of the square, out of the coach's point of view, they turn the corner and they just start walking, or they stop if the coach was looking and drink some water. But from that first day onward, when it came to Dave, man. As soon as the coach blew the whistle, man, he would take off like Tesla launch control. He would be going like at an absolute mind-blowing sprint. This dude would just just take off and like he would lap us over and over and over and over and over again. Like the dude just worked when it came to suicides, push-ups, whatever in the room. He would just work, but it was always the jogs that I remember because he would just give it everything. And it was just such a pure metric because like you could see everybody else and then you see him time and time again. You know, as the season, you know, you know, rolled on. I began to aspire, you know, to to some a great position within the sport. I started to try to emulate Dave, and I started jogging and jogging and jogging. I'm like, I can, I can, I can, I can beat this dude, man. I'm jogging my hardest. I, I take off, you know, like like the launch control, but I'm more like the BMW than the Tesla. Okay, the the, the BMW shark. Um, but this dude, Dave, man, like even sprinting or running at my hardest, jogging at my hardest for those thirty minutes a period of time, he laughed me over and over and over and over again relentlessly and that was always something that I admired and so I wanted to be like Dave after a while and so um when I got to the room um during that season like I just gave it my all every single day I just gave it my all every single day and um 
So long story short, we come to the end of that first season, and uh, I actually, first off, I get beat in a wrestle off. Only one weight, cl- one person per weight class. My weight class is 126. Can go to the county tournament. A guy named Alex he got beat me. He went to the county tournament, and uh, I had one more match that season after that wrestle off. I lost the, ma- well, I won the match. I won two matches and lost one, but I broke my thumb in the process, um, and I had a cast on. But looking at Dave and admiring everything that he, that he showed, you know, his courage, you know. Uh, after I broke my hand, man, I just wanted, I just, that, 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 I mean, it really, the gear started to turn at that point. I wanted to be on top. I wanted to be like him. The, the love and admiration that he got from his team, his family, you know, from being a champion, like, I wanted that in my life. I wanted to be the wrestling guy. Um, and so after I broke my hand, I would go to the wrestling room anyway and still practice on, on my broken hand, like, cause I was just like, I just want to be around this, um, uh, be around these legends, these guys that's working hard. Um, Next season comes around. I remember the, all the off season, you know, because just just watching Dave and the way he worked and and, and, and starting to want to be a wrestler myself, because that's where I learned it from. I started to just go on YouTube and watch video after video after video after video. That was when I started to crack in some of the archives of of wrestling world history and look up and and start to really choose role models and choose idols. I started learning about people back then, like Jordan Burroughs. This was 2012, like the year he won the Olympic gold medal. That was probably the year I learned about him. I started learning about guys like. You know, Elvis Tadayev and Yazdani. I remember Yazdani was a kid in the Junior World Tournament wrestling Aaron Pico in the semifinals after he just got done a match with uh, Rasul Arzlan Aliyev, which I can't find the match anywhere, or Rasul. But anyhow, um, like I started to like like look into the sport. Jason Layton, I started following him on YouTube. Chance Marcel was in high school at the time. Spencer Lee, like Nick Sirianni, like all these guys were in high school. Like it was popping. And I was just like, Aaron Pico, man. Like I used to watch him like, man, like. I want to be like Aaron Pico. I remember it was that first state championship he won in California. Where he was just snapping the dude out of control. Um, but I started to nerd out. And next season, I came back. And I just watched Dave. This season, whereas I, I was everywhere. I was lost. I didn't know who I wanted to. I knew how I wanted to be, but I didn't know how to become it. This next season, when I did, I just, I just watched Dave. I just watched him. Everything he did, I tried to emulate. He went to the counties his our freshman year. He took third. Um because of a BS headlock from this guy named Montrese Tinsley. I think he was from uh, Owens Mills or 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 Milford Mill is where I think he was from. The video's on YouTube. That, that that broke my heart literally. But but he you know, he was still the guy to me. He was still the hero. And so next season everything he did, the way he the way he went about his life, I emulated everything. All the mechanics of the way he push up. If he was doing push ups, I was doing push ups. If he was doing shots, I was doing push shots. Dave also that year and the year before was a team leader. He was a, he was a, he was the team leader of the JV team or or one of them, um, especially when Scott and the rest of them left. So he was definitely the team leader. Um, but that next year, man, like I, I just watched him. Like every time he would take off the line, I would take off the line, and um, every time he pushed, you know, did his push-ups, I would I would do his push-ups. Every time he did the drills, the way he did them, the way the intensity he came with, I would just model all of it every single day. Um, long story short, we come to the end of that season, and. Um, I ended up becoming the county champ in a wild twist of fate, man. I, I pretty much burned through all the competition that season. I, I lost a few times, uh, but I fought my way through the county bracket and became the county champ. And that feeling was unlike anything I've ever felt. I was on top of the world. Like that was the epitome of dopamine. Like there was nothing like that feeling in the world. There was nothing like it. And that's the moment I really became a wrestler. Like I'm a wrestler now. Um, I wasn't known People didn't look up to me in the room. People didn't think I was a great wrestler. None of that. They thought it was a fluke. Um, 
but just following the blueprint that Dave and Jordan Burroughs and David Taylor and Kyle Dake and Steber, following the blueprint these guys, you know, but particularly these local guys like Dave outlined for me. I just, I just follow the blueprint every single day. And if you fast forward, long story short to my senior year, um, that's how we come about the situation where I was, I was a, you know, I was a tremendous wrestler my senior year. I would, I would think so. Like, you know, like I said, I mean, in, if you put everything into consideration, like, you know, I didn't even win a state title or place at the state tournament. So it's like, you know, you can't be that tremendous of a wrestler. But uh, and then obviously it goes on to nationals and worlds and, you know, Olympics and all these different things. And uh, there were thousands of guys in the world better than me, tens of thousands in the world. That, you know, guys that could smoke me in a wrestling match, even people in my own district. But, uh, you know, I was better than most of my peers in that, that went to other schools. You know, I was the MVP of my team. You know, and, and, and I did have great moments where people would come and talk to me about it. And I didn't I never seen their matches and I didn't know their name and I didn't know how they knew me. And they would shake my hand and, and, and greet me. Even when I come back the years after, you know, I came back a wandering ghost, man. Years I graduated in 2015. I came back 2016 to some of the tournaments. I came back 2017 to some of the tournaments, some of the local ones at the high school around my way. Um, when my team was performing there and people would would be happy to see me and people would greet me and people would know me from the mat people would know me from wrestling and the things the matches that I had and the things I did and they would they would quote some of the matches and the battles that I got into um and it was a it was a it was an amazing experience but the point I'm bringing here is I went on to be a solid wrestler and I went on to become that character and I didn't become that character because I had the best situation growing up because all these guys in the room you know scott and dave and all these people i mean they, they had wrestled since they were kids they wrestled since they was young you know uh rob who i lost to in the county finals had wrestled since he was young his brother coach Britt, actually was the coach at the local wrestling club that i went to in the summer times um rob was a tremendous wrestler he was a state champion so he is a tremendous wrestler um you know It didn't come from having everything set up for me. When I left wrestling practice every day, I had to take the bus home in the freezing cold because it is a winter sport. And I had to take the bus home because my whole family didn't have a car that worked when all my peers were driving cars. I didn't have money. You know, in terms of intelligence, uh, I would say I'm actually quite intelligent. I, I, I do believe that. But, you know, if you just look at the metrics, you know, that isn't a proven fact. And I graduated the lower court, the lowest 25 percentile of my class. I was like 230 out of like 300 or something like that or 400 or 250 or something. I was, I was, my grades were awful. I got kicked out of the wrestling uh, squad my junior year. I got kicked off the team because my grades were so bad, uh, which revolved again around a family situation. I didn't have the best upbringing. I didn't have all, any of these things. What I did have is the blueprint for success demonstrated in front of me every single day. And that's what I did have. What I had is people who had what I want show me the way. And that's the point I'm trying to bring in this episode. Now, people think they can't go on to become a character because maybe there are already characters that exist within their domain or maybe maybe people have already done what they aspire to do or, uh, or maybe they weren't born rich or smart or with money or looks or these things like... Um, I guess I got that going for me. I'm, I'm, I'm devilishly handsome. I got that going for me. But other than that, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm also, you know, not to brag, I'm, I'm kind of tall, you know, I'm not crazy though. 
I'm not crazy tall. <laughs> I'm like 5'11", 6 feet range. Don't know which. Don't really care which. Um, uh, but, 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 but the point I'm bringing is, you know, this world, what I want to tell you in this episode is don't be afraid to exercise your voice no matter where you come from. Don't be afraid to emphasize who it is you are and what it is that you believe in to the fullest degree because that's what the world requires of you. That's what they need of you. As much as people say they hate Logan Paul, they love to watch him. They hate Floyd. They love to watch him. Like Conor McGregor tweeted last night, you, you, you need people like me. Regardless of what the outcome is, regardless of what you have to say about me, y'all need it because this is what y'all pay attention to. This is how your biology works. This is what you crave. And it's evident in the metrics. It's evident in the numbers. It's evident in the followers. So don't be afraid to step up and be the person that you're supposed to be. You may not know how now, but the point I'm bringing in this episode is that there are not prerequisites to becoming a person that knows how to be that person, that knows how to be a character. There aren't prerequisites for that. The point of the matter is that this lifetime is about the discovery of data, not the creation of data. All the data associated with who it is that you want to to be or display yourself as already exists. All that data already exists. And not only does it already exist, this is my point with the story that I was bringing, it is already discovered and being actively demonstrated by someone maybe not far away from where you are. You don't have to create new data. Just observe the data that someone else has already discovered and emulated. The blueprints to building something or someone, an identity, a figurehead for a movement that is larger than life are already discovered and already being demonstrated every day by all these people that I named. You know, uh, now the tactics may be something that you can't reuse, but even the tactics are. Donald Trump, he's a character. One of the tactics, you know, the principle uh, underlying each movement may be one thing, but the tactic is like what literally was done. Like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, Conor McGregor, that's a tactic. Okay, you can't reuse that necessarily, you know. But saying something out of pocket, the principle, saying something like funny over a loud mic, like that. You can always use that. So gain the principles. But even with the tactics, make America great again was, I think, Roosevelt's or Reagan's slogan. I don't really remember who because I don't pay attention to that type of stuff. But it was a previous president's winning slogan. And all Donald Trump was did, did was repurpose it for himself. He repurposed the exact tactic and just used it for himself. And uh, a lot of people do this. You know, I think Russell Brunson, you know, he looks through the headlines of other marketers to find out what market, like find out what headline he'll use for his emails. Um, a lot of the world does this. Um, the principles and, and the data associated with, with, with becoming a figure, with his own narratives and own lore that's larger than life, is all is, is public information is my point. And you need to do less of using your wallet or your looks or your brain and just use the organ that everyone else has. Just use your eyes and observe people who are rich, people who are famous, people who are well-off, people who are large, people who are legendary. 
like Kanye West, that that is a character, and that is a character that changes a whole lot. What is it that these people are doing in order to maintenance their global identities, to build into maintenance their global identities? That's what we have to think about, and who it is that they're following in order to get that done, because they're not creating data either, either unless they're already at the top, then they have the luxury to do something like that. But just observe. Sit back and observe and implement for yourself. It doesn't require all these, uh, it doesn't require to be born in a specific circumstance or a particular type of way or with a particular genetic set. It doesn't require this of you. And so I hope that gives you some confidence to be who it is that you want to be, to become legendary, to build a legendary voice or a legendary identity, a legendary caricature of based in who you actually are. I hope this gives you the confidence to become the character. This is Dallas. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm going to be doing a live training, a live call uh, about some of the stuff that I'm talking about here in this episode, in all the episodes. Um, the live platform that I'll be using will be down in the description below, whether it be Spotify, Green Room, Clubhouse, or, or, or YouTube or something else, or a Facebook group. I really don't know what platform it's going to be. But uh, actually, yeah, I think I'll put, I'll put a Facebook group down below, okay, or something like that. But I also put other other things like YouTube's and, and, and if, you know, I, w- I want to get, get with you all live. Particularly, I want you to join the Facebook group. Just join the Facebook group. That'll be a good that'll be a good place to go live. But, um, yeah, we're going to do it on Facebook because everybody has a Facebook. So I want to put a Facebook group down below. And uh, I want you all to join the Facebook group so we can all talk to each other. And you all can join the live sessions when I do the live sessions. But uh, with that saying, man, I, I really don't have much else to say, man. Rate, review. And subscribe to this podcast. I want you to keep up well with the podcast. And I want to hear from you in the future, man. It's so good to check in with you. Talk to you once again today. Uh, hope to see you soon. This is Dallas Prater from the Becoming the Character podcast. Peace out.